Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in his series on the pastoral epistles of St. Paul, with this message entitled, Holy People and Holy Pastors, preached Sunday, April 10th, 2016. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning with verse 20. The text for today is God's Word as found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 20 through 26. Holy people and holy pastors. God's people are holy people. Jesus Christ builds his church, which is indestructible and therefore endures forever. He builds his church on the foundation of the apostles and prophets and Christ Jesus himself, her chief cornerstone. He uses pastors and teachers to build the church. They are gifts Christ gives to every local church. Every local church he builds. Holy pastors are necessary for Christ's church, which consists of saints, the holy people. And if you are not holy, you have nothing to do with Jesus Christ. We are to be holy, pastors and God's people. God says, be holy for I am holy. I am the Lord who makes you holy. An unholy church is a synagogue of Satan. If anyone is living in sin, I counsel you to repent of your sins and believe in Jesus and he will make you holy. He will forgive your sins, make you holy to live a holy life, well-pleasing to God throughout your life. So cry out to God, Lord Jesus, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Pastors and God's people are to follow Jesus all of life in life's journey. We are to fix our thoughts and our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who are holy pastors? Let me tell you something. They are gifts of Christ to his church. They are not self-called or church-called. They are God-called and appointed. Their purpose is to prepare God's people, that is, saints, for the work of service. He is to feed them, guide them, protect them, and so on. By preaching the gospel. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training to do what is right in the sight of God. And people are to obey and submit to the pastor. And the pastor is to be an example to the people saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. 
A pastor is to be pious and learned to interpret the scripture correctly. The authority of the pastor is the authority of Christ himself. This is true of father, mother. The state is also given authority. All authority springs from him. Because he said all authority has been given to me. Therefore go. Pastors are saints. Called to pastor saints. That is God's people. The holy pastors. As God's gifts to the church. Must preach the gospel. The truth. The word of God. The holy scriptures. Nothing else. He doesn't preach politics, psychology, or anything else. Because let God be true and every man a liar. You don't find truth in the world except in the Holy Scriptures. It is faith in the gospel preached by Christ sent pastors that save elect sinners. So pastors are to be pious and skilled in preaching the gospel. A wicked pastor will never preach the gospel and the church remains dead. In the church Christ builds as it exists in the world there are true believers and false believers. In due time, the false and unholy believers, the second and third soil believers will go away on their own or be expelled by the church. So we read 1 John 2.19, they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belong to us. Paul says among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. The elect people are holy people who together with their holy pastors travel on the highway of holiness of God's word to reach the heavenly Zion with everlasting joy. They are led on their way by the word and the Holy Spirit. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion to dwell in the house of the Lord forever in everlasting bliss. Point number one, don't be unholy in doctrine and life. We read Phygelus and Hermogenes abandoned St. Paul. Chapter 1 verse 15. Hymenaeus and Philetus wandered away from the truth. They denied Jesus and his resurrection, the very heart of the gospel. They destroyed themselves and others. We exercise 
all three marks of the church, preaching of the word, sacraments, and discipline. They destroyed themselves and the faith of others. Their anti-gospel, like cancer, kills non-elect, unregenerate, unholy, temporary believers. These unbelievers quarrel about words, a useless exercise resulting only in catastrophe. They engage in godless chatter that oppose the word of truth. Every cult and every religion that is not based on divine revelation is satanically inspired. It destroys the worshiper with second death. And it is true also of churches where the Bible is not preached. Such godless chatter produces only immorality. What you believe, that you live. Doctrine results in ethics. Such godless chatter produces only immorality. Only the gospel, when believed, produces holiness. Number two, be holy in doctrine and life. Paul served God with a pure conscience. Chapter 1 verse 3. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and so was enlightened and empowered to preach the gospel. Chapter 1, 7 and 14. St. Paul tells us God saved us to live a holy life. Chapter 1, verse 9. Living a holy life brings about sufferings. Chapter 2, verse 3. As you live and suffer, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, having destroyed our death by his death on the cross. Raised from the dead, therefore he is with us always helping us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. This is why doctrine of resurrection is important. Without resurrection, we are still in our sins. He saves his elect for whom he died and was raised. He gives us holy pastors to handle the scriptures correctly, to interpret the scripture correctly. Look at the cults, look at the false churches, they invariably distort the gospel. The holy pastors, they teach, rebuke, correct, and train in righteousness. Did you know that 50% of his work is negative, rebuke and correct? And when I rebuke you, you should thank me because we care for you just like a father rebukes children. The church that Christ is building stands forever and every elect believer under Christ's command must separate himself from all wickedness and wicked people to live a holy life. Chapter 2 verse 19. 
God's holy people are like vessels of gold and silver, vessels unto honorable purposes for which our Lord and Master Jesus ordained us. We are made holy, separated unto for the exclusive use of the Master Jesus Christ. And the third, he tells us certain specific ways to live a holy life. And first verse 20, it says, in a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes, some are for ignoble, shameful purposes. The big house in this verse represents the visible church in the world. Where there are true believers and temporary ones. Regenerate people as well as unregenerate. Holy people as well as unholy people. There are people unto honor and unto shame and dishonor. In the church, There are vessels of gold and silver used by the master for honorable purposes and cheap vessels of wood and clay used for dishonorable purpose that is to carry away filth, excrement. St. Paul was probably speaking about his own father's house in Tarsus, in Cilicia. His father was a rich Roman citizen. Paul himself was born a Roman citizen and so was brought up in a large house. In 1 Timothy 3.15, the church is pictured as God's household, God's house. And look at verse 21. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made wholly useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. Verse 21 gives a message of hope. Every believer is counseled to cleanse himself thoroughly in the Greek, to become a vessel of honor in the service of the Lord. Well, we praise God for that opportunity. We read in chapter 2 verse 19, the church which Christ builds has a solid enduring foundation. It has two inscriptions on it as a seal. First, the Lord knows those who belong to him. They are his elect from eternity. They are known by their holy, obedient, God-honoring life. Because, number two, they separate themselves from wickedness as well as from wicked people. Some answer. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6.15, What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Nothing! 
Second Corinthians 7 1 since we have these promises dear friends let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit perfecting holiness out of reverence for God friends understand who you are God's people are the light of the world they shine as stars in the universe holding forth the word of life They live as children of light in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. They sanctify themselves because the Lord they serve is holy and he makes his people holy by the operation of the word and the Holy Spirit. See, you can look at yourself and judge yourself whether you belong to Christ or to the devil. Do you live a life of repentance and faith? Do you live a holy life? Do you obey God? They live as children of light in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. They sanctify themselves because the Lord they serve is holy and he makes his people holy by the operation of the preached word and the Holy Spirit. God's people can be compared to vessels of gold and silver. Every believer, as he or she lives a holy life, becomes a vessel for honor, like a gold or silver vessel. So stop living as a vessel of shame and dishonor. God will help you Through his sanctification, a vessel of honor, so live for God's glory and for your great joy. God let you be made holy by God to live a holy life. Now this is called definitive and what sir? Progressive sanctification. A little theology sir. Professor John Murray. Unholy person is useless to our master Lord Jesus. He is useless. To himself. He is useless. To the family. He is useless. Friends live an obedient life. You will be useful. Used to by our master. Unto honor. So St. Peter says. In 1 Peter 1, therefore prepare your minds for action, be self-controlled, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Verse 14, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But as but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Such person who practices holiness is made ready for every good work, he is ready to obey God. So Ephesians 2.10 But we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4 
It is God's will that you should be sanctified. In the Greek it is noun, sanctification. That you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. We are different, sir. First Thessalonians 5, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. One who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Sir, Lord Jesus Christ will have a pure virgin, a holy bride. That's why be holy for I'm holy. Verse 22, 2 Timothy 2 says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace along with those who call on the Lord with a clean, pure heart. This is a specific counsel. Negatively, flee, shun, have nothing to do with. Flee youthful evil desires as Joseph fled from Potiphar's wife. Pastor Timothy was told you treat younger sisters with all purity. 1 Corinthians 6.18 Flee from sexual immorality. Titus 2.6-8 Similarly encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Timothy set them an example by doing what is good and so on. Flee! from sexual immorality free from lack of self-control flee from impatience arrogance so Peter says in 1 Peter 2.11 dear friends I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul Galatians 5.16 So I say live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature of the flesh. What a great promise. To be led by the spirit, filled with the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh that war against your soul. You cannot be neutral sir. Stand with Christ. Be filled with the spirit. Obey God's word and you will fulfill the desire of God rather than of the flesh. But that's not all. That's negative but positive. Pursue. Run after without looking back. Spiritual virtues. The fruit of the spirit. Ephesians 4 to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on new self, not just put off, but put on new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness of truth. Pursue the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. What is self-control? Spirit's control. Against such things there is no law. 
In the Greek, pursue continually. D-O-K, present imperative. Pursue continually first righteousness. You know what righteousness is in this context? Doing what is right in the sight of God. Deuteronomy 6.18. To be led by the spirit. That's what it means. To hear and do the word of Jesus. As given us in the holy scriptures. Kingdom of God is righteousness and peace. And what's the joy in the Holy Spirit. Read my book on Romans. And it tells you righteousness means doing what is right. Is your home an aspect of the kingdom of God? Then you will do what is right in his sight. John Calvin essentially said what God demands in his word we do by his Holy Spirit. It's hard work, sir, being a Christian. But you see, you are given power of the Spirit to do it. Colossians 1.29, to this end I labor. You know what labor means? Hard work. Struggling with all his energy which so powerfully works in me. Don't come and complain you don't have strength. I don't want you to do anything in your strength. Do what God demands by his strength, by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Don't grieve the spirit, but obey the spirit. Friends, we are obedient children of our heavenly father. And pastor must obey. Pastor must be holy by living a holy life and especially interpreting scripture correctly. Children should be holy. Children obey your parents. That's all. It says, children obey your parents. You children, listen to me and do what your parents tell you. Immediately, exactly, and what, sir? With joy. Wife, be submissive to your own husband, ask to the Lord in everything. That's what the book says. Husband must do two things. Love your wife as Christ loved the church and provide for your family. And if you are married people, you are under God's law. Read 1 Corinthians 7. Number two, pursue pistis, that is faith, which actually means faithfulness. That means people can count on your word, your promises. You are a reliable person. First and foremost, you said Jesus is Lord and you must live that confession throughout your life. Psalm 15 verse 4, who keeps his oath even when it hurts. Demas was a fellow worker with St. Paul. You see what he did finally? For Demas, because he loved this world, has abandoned me. He became untrustworthy. And I have seen people who said Jesus is Lord. But in due time, because they were unregenerate, they abandoned Christ. We are told in chapter 2 verse 2, Entrust the gospel to reliable men who will not sell Jesus for two bucks and a chicken leg. 
Number three, pursue love, love for God's people. First John is written, and it exhorts us to love one another, love one another, love one another. Not only by words, but by money, helping people with your money. First John 3.16, meeting their needs. And beyond rebuking and correcting when you see somebody is doing that which is evil. It's your responsibility. Not just pastors. Romans 15 says Roman Christians were competent to counsel. And so we are told over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. And finally, pursue peace. Ephesians 4, 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Having been justified by faith, we have what's a peace with God. Peace we possess. A peace that brought about by the reconciling work of Jesus Christ, his atoning work when he died on the cross. In fact, we are told he is our peace. He brought peace with God, peace with people, peace even within us. The peace of God that passes all human understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That's why the moment you sin, the peace is gone. You have to repent. You grieve the Holy Spirit and you have to repent and it will come back to you. When you sin, no peace until you repent. Where peace, there is unity and vice versa. Where there is no peace, there is no unity. You cannot even, two people, husband and wife, cannot get along. Because somebody sinned. And we are told we pursue these spiritual virtues together with God's holy people who worship God with a clean, holy pure heart which is the definition of a member of God's church you have a new heart a holy heart this means you cannot worship with people who are wicked 1 Corinthians 1 2 to the church of God in Corinth to those who are sanctified in Christ what is that sir definitive sanctification In Christ Jesus and called to be holy together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and so on. Friends, we cannot worship God with those believers who are dishonorable vessels living in sin. We call on them to repent and live a holy life. If they persist in disobeying Christ, The church must expel them until they repent truly. 
Paul says in Romans 16, I urge you brothers to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them for such people are not serving our Lord Christ but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery they deceive the minds of gullible people. They don't have the mind. So they go to place where they get entertained. Verse 23, sir. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. Reject. Shun. Have no part. Pastor. Have no part. In regard to foolish and ignorant arguments, speculations, debates, questionings, godless reasonings because they are outside of God's word, they do not edify anyone, they breed quarrels. The source of such debates is the devil himself. Oh, they are talking, they are talking and talking and talking and talking. That's what the devil did in Genesis 3. Did God say? And the answer came. Yeah, he said, well, don't worry. You shall not surely die. These are hollow philosophies. You want to know who the devil is? Jesus exposed the devil. John 8.44, you belong to your father the devil and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and father of all lies. There are a lot of pastors who lie, who will never preach the word of God. They are liars. These speculations are mere gravel, not the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life and the water of life. When you preach the word of God, you are preaching Jesus Christ. Lift him higher. Sir, pastor is called to preach the gospel. 2 Timothy 4, in the presence of God... And of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Verse 24, and the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful, and so on. A holy pastor is a slave of the Lord who obeyed his father perfectly. A pastor is a born servant of the Lord. He is given authority by Christ to preach the gospel. He serves the Lord exclusively. He must not quarrel with wicked people who reject the gospel. He is to preach the gospel even unto death. 
he does not quarrel with anyone because those who reject the gospel are the non-elect the elect will believe the non-elect will never believe so a pastor shakes the dust off his feet and speak the gospel to others who listen sir the same gospel that comes out of the pastor's mouth same gospel produce life in the elect and death in the unbeliever instead of quarreling a pastor is to be kind and gentle to all people both believers and unbelievers bless those who curse you he must be competent to teach the word most churches have incompetent stupid people as pastors they like them able to suffer evil from those who oppose him he must in humility verse 25 it says those who oppose him he must gently instruct in the hope that god will grant them repentance leading them to the knowledge of the truth and verse 26 and they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will he must in humility teach and correct his opponents from the word of god do this hoping that god in his sovereign will grant the opponents the gift of repentance which i found out is a rare thing especially people leave god's church it's a rare thing both repentance and saving faith are gifts from god to the regenerate nobody repents on his own a sinner hates god and his truth he continually suppresses the knowledge he has of the true god in creation in conscience and in the canon of holy scriptures if god gives repentance the sinner will repent and believe in jesus and live a holy life all of life repent means sir think again think correctly think in reality think according to the scripture correctly understood turning from idols and turning to the living true god revealed in christian scriptures to serve as his slave all of life to hear and do the will of the lord jesus christ it is to think with a new heart as enabled by the holy spirit is turning from being a slave of the devil to be a born slave of jesus which is perfect freedom a thief stops stealing and works hard to give to those who are in need 180 degree change and true repentance will lead a sinner from a depraved mind to a new mind which confesses the truth of the gospel by confessing what sir Jesus lord Jesus lord from this day forward Jesus lord and in verse 26 a repenting person can be compared to the crazy legion demon man whom Jesus saved he was restless wanderer naked uncontrollable destructive crazy depraved mind jesus saved him 
he regenerated him he was born again and we read in Luke 8 35 we see him sitting down clothed and in his right mind a mind controlled by the Holy Spirit to think God's thought after him he becomes sober as it happened to the prodigal son if God gives repentance one will escape from the trap of the devil into which every unbeliever is caught alive through the bait of the pleasure of sin to the wicked sinning is very pleasurable though Satan comes to deceive to steal, kill and destroy sin is pleasurable because it is transgression of God's law it is like spitting on God's face who gave us the law this is why young people when they sin disobedience to parents is the most exciting thing mother told me therefore I am going to not do it it's great pleasure sir but the wages the sin pays is eternal death as we saw in Genesis 3 the devil said to Adam and Eve go ahead eat the fruit you shall not surely die your eyes will be opened and you will realize you are gods and you don't have to be under authority to this God who created you you can be liberated into the glorious freedom of autonomy you can be a self-determining being you can be free at last they believed the anti-gospel and they died the devil becomes their father and the devil's destiny becomes theirs they and their descendants were caught in his trap to do his will and die the second death the eternal death in hell in body and soul This is the condition of every unbeliever in Jesus. He is not free. He is caught alive in the trap of the devil to obey always his will. The only one who can deliver him from the devil's trap is Jesus Christ who defeated him forever on the cross. Read Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, 1 John 3, verse 8, and John 12, 31. Read also the entire book of Revelation. Christ wins. Everyone else loses. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. You may ask, what must I do to be saved? The simple answer, sir. Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be set free by Jesus Christ and you will be saved forever. Simple, sir. And I hope you will do that and be baptized and join the church where the gospel is preached. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help your people to do what I have instructed them. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truth of the Holy Scriptures. We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services, 
our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, to find more edifying sermons, or to order books by the Rev. P.G. Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org.